The secret effect sometimes covers family violence, which could be triggering to someone who has experienced abuse. Listener discretion is advised. This is the jackass version of our opening. I'm Biddy. And I'm Katie. And we're about to do the wasabi peanut. Gotta go straight into it. Oh my god. G'day. Uh, my name's Katie. Fuck. It's gone up my nose. I'm a sociologist <laughs> and I'm a writer. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, you know the rest. We realize the importance of our voice when we are silenced. Welcome to <laughs> The Secret Effect. <laughs> that this was a terrible idea. <laughs> we are back. This is episode five, um, which we are calling The Unraveling, which is to do with the effects that happen after the secret come out. This is mm-hmm. what unravels after a secret comes out. And I feel the beginning of our story, the beginning of um, the unraveling is at your second, but also I'd say like you, you had two weddings, but it was wedding one and wedding one A. Yes. <laughs> Cause it was getting married to the same man twice. Mm-hmm, pretty much, yeah. Okay, yeah. so take us there. Okay. Uh, because my partner was French, mm-hmm. we had two weddings. We had one in Melbourne, which was the official wedding, wedding one. Mm-hmm. And then we had one in Paris with his family. Um, and we got married quite quickly, so it just sort of worked out really well that all of my family could attend wedding one in Melbourne and his family could attend wedding two in Paris. And are you comfortable saying how quickly you got married? Because I find it fascinating. Sure. We got, (laughs) we got engaged 11 days after we met. Holy moly. It was so romantic. What a whirlwind. Uh. And then we got married actually under three months Mm. after we met. Wow. Yeah. We were just like, fuck it. Seems romantic. Let's just do this. Neither of us wanted to get married or had any particular um, inclination towards it. We just thought it seemed like a really beautiful romantic thing to do. So we did. That's brilliant. Yeah, it was really nice. It's also very efficient. I can't get anything done that fast. It was actually quite efficient of us. Um, Anything to do with the government, especially. It's like, how do you even get it done? Mm. Brilliant. Yeah. It's just like managing any project i guess Mm-mm. just organize the shit out of it and oh yeah. great yeah sure that i was know fun. how to do that <laughs> professional comedian i know how to manage a project yeah um yeah so at the at the first wedding it was um all of my family in melbourne um who were able to attend which was really really nice and almost all of my friends i did have a couple who weren't able to make it but yeah, but I suppose the the thing around family secrets and the wedding was wedding one was that I really wanted to invite my um, my half brother, the older one, 
um, who also lives in Melbourne. And I just really wanted him to be there. I thought, you know, he's my family member. He's my bro. Why not? It would be really nice um, if he would be able to come and join um, with me. And my approach to this was that I wanted the wedding to be all about people coming together and having heaps of fun. That's what I wanted. And I just hoped that the love story that I had with my partner would kind of ebb and flow out into everybody that was there and that it would all just go fine. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's what you would hope people would want from yeah. their wedding. <laughs> yeah. That we all do hope. know that's not true anymore for most, but yeah, that's exactly what, if, if I were to ever get married, I would just want like a big ass party mm-hmm. and I just want everything to be comfortable and mm-hmm. free for everyone. So we probably won't have dinner, <laughs> mm-hmm. get a pizza on your way. All the drinks yeah. are free. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we wanted too. We had so much booze. It was fantastic. There was so much champagne flowing. And we had just like a buffet table. People could help themselves and it was all vegetarian. And mm. yeah, it was, it was just really nice and pretty chilled. Um, and this is in Melbourne. Uh, yes. And the, where are we in the, in who knows and who doesn't know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this was when I was 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I, or actually just about to be 32. This is four years later after Mm -hmm. you found out. Yes, exactly. Uh, My sister, of course, knew. My mom, of course, knew about the boys and the secret family that my dad had. But other family members of mine didn't know. My extended family, they weren't aware. Um, At that stage... My sister and I were friends on Facebook and this kind of thing with the boys. We'd already met them. All of that had already happened. And it was it was really our extended family that were not aware, most of them. Uh, there were a couple of people who did know. And I was particularly concerned with how that would fly at the mm-hmm. wedding, actually. Mm-hmm. So... I thought it might be a little bit confronting for some people to meet each other for the very first time at the wedding. So my um, quite newly discovered half-brother, you know, for him to meet um, some of my family members who didn't even know necessarily um, that my dad had another family. And ones who did know but were meeting him my half-brother for the first time at the Mm -hmm. wedding um and so it was a bit of a situation actually and one that I thought I really need to be considerate here I really need to care about people in my family and try and let people know and prepare people and you never quite know how a meeting for the very first time will go and especially in a public setting like this Yes, it's, you know, we, my partner and I wanted to create a really fun and comfortable and friendly, happy environment, but it's quite an emotional thing, I think, to meet a family member who's been secret for the very first time. And so 
um, I had wanted to make sure that my family members were cool about it and mm. had pre-warning and were able to think, okay, and to kind of become mentally prepared what does that for that mean? meeting. Does that mean you went to everyone who was invited and told them? No, oh. it, I only went to, um, yeah, I only had about 50 people there, which actually sounds like a lot, but it's not really once you add up, mm-hmm. like, you know, free, few friends and family. Yeah. Um, I went to my, um, my grandma and I spoke to her about it um, with my cousin Amanda. We went and had a cup of tea and I just wanted to let her know um, that this, that, you know, my half brother would be there. Did you bring Amanda for emotional support? Yes, Amanda has always been a huge emotional support for me. She's just one of my closest friends and always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe she that also, was leading, though. I'm wondering, like, why you brought yeah, Amanda. Yeah, she, she, always, she always knew the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, she also had a, a very close relationship with my grandma. Okay. And saw her a lot more regularly, whereas I had dropped out of the family, basically, gotcha. since I was 15. And, uh, yeah. Because it's your grandmother on your dad's side. On my side. dad's side, that's right. Right, that's right. and the so Melbourne you one. had yeah. much contact. No, not really. I had always thought very, very fondly of uh, my grandma, mm-hmm. but we weren't close. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that we weren't close was my lack of relationship with her son who is my dad yeah and the problem that he had caused yeah really so that was a a tricky relationship I guess um although I love my grandma so much and I know she loves me too but it's just complicated um so yeah Amanda was there and it was just so nice it was so good to be able to just sit down and talk to my grandma and let her know um what was happening who would be there I hadn't really seen her much before this she of course hadn't met my partner because it all happened in five minutes yeah um so it's kind of like okay this is who he is this is why we're getting married blah 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 so just kind of sharing a little bit more about my life but also about um, the fact that she would be meeting um, my half brother, her grandson, yes, mm-hmm. her grandson, <laughs> yeah, um, and so he was. Um, he would have been, I think, twenty nine at that point, just a couple of years younger than me. Um, that is, uh, yeah, somebody who really has been kept secret for 29 years, 30 yeah. years, um, and my grandma is a really amazing person, but I think when this kind of thing comes up in your life, it's it must be very confronting, it must be a shock. I mean, she's she was an old woman in her 90s. Whoa. To be dealing with and facing faced with this kind of thing yeah of course she wants to be at her granddaughter's wedding yeah. my wedding there's yeah. no question even though you know you have to go into the city and 
you know, it's a big thing. And oh, sure. Whatever, you know, for an old lady. <laughs> Someone's got to drive you and you've got to find some, you know, nice blouse and whatever. Like, oh, she's my just God, I love gorgeous. It. I want to um, be carried into the city on one of those tights. Like yeah. chariots, just carried by a bunch of young men every time I come into the city. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, my God, it's the only way to do it. But when um, did she? When you told her, yeah, did she know about them already? Because it was very similar with your mom. You told your mom, and she had already known. Mm. Yeah, she did. Mm. She did. She was. She said that she had um, forgotten. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. And. What that actually means is she had basically been um, coerced into forgetting. Yeah. This wasn't a, oops, forgot I had a grandson Mm -hmm. or two grandsons. Sure. This was um, something that she was obliged to do and she did in order to do the very best that she could for her family and do what she needed to do, balancing all factors. Mm. Um, so I think the conversation that Amanda and I had with with her was uh, it really broke something open. And I don't mean that in a bad way. That kind of sounds like a negative, but it just like tapped away at something and then it broke open and she I think had been waiting for a long time for one of us to come to her and say Nan we know Mm. and to have some kind of reaction I don't know what she expected Mm -hmm. Maybe she thought we'd be angry or want answers or be accusing or be emotional or just be fine. I mean, who knows what she thought. But I remember her saying to me over the years, um, which used to just give me the shits at the time, but now I understand why she said it. Sorry, she what are the say, shits? Um, to make you really annoyed. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess that is really annoying when you have the shits. Right, mm, right. Okay. You can also crack the shits, which means get upset okay. and get grumpy. So it's your own fault if you crack your own shits. <laughs> but you don't say, I've cracked my shits. No. Um, you you say, would say, I've cracked the shits. <laughs> and that means, yeah, <laughs> I'm really angry. <laughs> I've cracked the shits? Yeah. Oh, God, I've cracked yeah. the shits. Don't crack the shits, Biddy. Don't. But That's how you would use it. Don't crack the shits. Yeah, I have, I have this game. My, one my ex taught me actually. One of my exes, and um, anytime you're in conversation with someone, the game is always on. Anytime you're in conversation with somebody, you can snap like that in their face, and if you snap in front of their face, the other person has to commit to the reality that you have just shit yourself. And however <laughs> oh, you want to do that, he was an actor. He, see, it's funny when you talk about pe- like exes, because you always talk about them in the past tense. He is still an actor, mm-hmm. but I say you say he was an actor mm-hmm. or whatever, because he's no as if he's dead to you. Um, but yeah, he is an actor, brilliant actor at that. Mm-hmm. And so it was so fun to watch the all these all his friends are actors as well. So fun to see mm. all of them. And me like uh, where you just. 
crack the shits, but for mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. I love that game. Anyway, yeah. Okay, so crack the shits. <laughs> crack the shits. Um, so she used to say to me, um, and she used to sound really torn when she was saying it. She would say, this son of mine, I know he's done some terrible things, but he's still my son. And this is what she would say mm-hmm. repeatedly. And I just thought to myself, oh, for God's sake, if only she knew what he'd done. And this was my whole life before the age of 28. And I just thought she has no idea what abuse he's perpetrated in our home. You thought she's onto something. Yeah, I thought she just knew that he was a dickhead. Right. Or, you know, did abusive behavior. But I didn't think she was referring to anything else. Right. But... Now, when I look back on this, I think that this is what she might have been referring to. And yeah. I think in in reflecting on that, I think she was waiting for me or my sister or maybe my mum to come to her one day and sit her down and say, we know, we know you know what happened. Can you share your side of the story? Mm-hmm. And so this conversation that we, Amanda and I had with, my nan over a cup of tea and a biscuit 90 year old woman Mm -hmm. yeah yeah was that conversation perhaps that she'd been waiting for for so long how do you even phrase that because what you said just now it sounds like the beginning of an interrogation Mm -hmm. we know we know you know (laughs) let's talk but obviously you know no we didn't say it like that at all i talked about the wedding and then I said that um, there's someone that I really wanted to invite okay. to the wedding. Yeah. Um, and it would mean a lot to me if he comes, but I wanted to let you know first mm-hmm. because it might be a lot for you. Um, and that person is my brother, my half-brother, um, and this is his name and this is him and, you know, I've met him, mm-hmm. I know about him and also our other half-brother who lives overseas, so which is the only reason why he wasn't invited to the Melbourne wedding. What was her immediate disposition? Like, what was her immediate... Was there a shift? Was there a look down? Was there a long pause? Did she not skip a beat? She was actually very composed. Mm. And I think... I mean, this is a a woman who has raised four kids. She lived through the depression. She lost her husband in the mid seventies and resolutely lived alone, still plays bridge, does poetry. Like she's fucking an amazing woman, but she's always been a solo independent kind of woman, very social, but she's just been strong. And I feel like there's so many hundreds of nights maybe you know when you lay in bed at night and you think about your life and those decisions that you've made and the things that you carry and I wonder how many of those moments she had been thinking about her son and what he did and the impact that it had on me and my sister the girls and and on my mum his wife and on other people around and so I think even though from the outside it appears as though she 
forgot or was made to forget about their existence actually um, for 30 years but I think her inner life would have been different and she would have thought about it Mm -hmm. but to to have it said to have those words uttered was something that had not happened in or at least from anybody outside yeah I don't know if if my dad ever said anything to her about it throughout the years I'm not sure but to have it said from anybody else was a really big thing yeah um she wasn't emotional at that time she kind of clicked though when I was talking about the boys as my half brothers um she also had um the realization about who they are in relatively in in relation to her yeah and maybe we have to edit this but um she kind of burst out saying they're my grandsons they're my grandsons and she had this she just exclaimed this and started crying yeah and of course I started crying Amanda started crying everyone was crying it was just this really (laughs) uh stark moment and it was like an epiphany and I don't know if she'd ever truly thought about them being real men yeah grown up in the world going about doing their thing and maybe they were just um the babies that he had many many years ago yeah 27 30 years ago yeah but then to actually be confronted with them as real life people and they're going to be at an event which is happening in three and a half weeks yeah in the city yeah um that's pretty big and it, yeah she she really faced something yeah and she and it seems like she um, was searching for and finally got permission to have them be a permanent fixture in her life, which, like, she wanted. I mean, yes. they were now being invited to your wedding, and it was exposed, and it was all... There wasn't any going back, and um, the release of being, like, you're here, mm-hmm. you're here to stay. Yeah. Absolutely. Someone who has any empathy or love, and she's a mom, and she's a... Yeah, she's a grandmom. Mm-hmm. She's a mom and a grandmom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so she gets, she. I just, it's such a huge thing. I can imagine if it were me and I knew about my nieces or nephews. I'm obsessed with my nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. So if I knew about a niece or nephew I would, and they, and they weren't allowed to come mm-hmm. to me or I wasn't allowed to enjoy them and, mm-hmm. and make you know, make them happy and stuff would break my heart, break my heart. I would have to induce my own sort of dementia Mm. to suppress the pain, I think. Yes. I think she had to suppress a lot. Mm -hmm. It's very unnatural Mm. to accept the notion that you can't have anything to do with your own grandchildren. Yeah. Um, And I think the perspective would be that well, the children are innocent. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Why would I have to yeah. do this? But 
it was not a choice she would have ever willingly made I'm sure of it and Mm -hmm. as any grandma wouldn't want to make that choice yeah um it was the situation that she found herself in she had to yeah exactly and now I'm thinking about like oh I wonder about because I've never even thought about this but all of the moms out there who have had sons or daughters who abandoned their own children let's say this is nothing to do with your story but I'm thinking about this now um as similar situations and their parents you know who might be the pain that is to see your own kid abandon their kid Mm. it's not just that 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 string of DNA from parent to kid who abandons their own kids is Mm. the same or even you know and so it must have been heartbreaking to see her like, um, or what you know, who knows what it was for her in that situation to, I'm sure she was putting a lot of things on herself in that situation mm. as your dad neglected those boys. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I, I don't know if she carried with her the burden of, what she'd done not that she did anything wrong Mm -hmm. but I mean Amanda and I had talked about the idea that Mm -hmm. maybe she felt like she'd committed something uh some kind of an act that was really problematic Mm. and in that conversation we talked about how it was fine and everything was okay and there's Mm -hmm. no problem nobody's Mm -hmm. upset I just because I could imagine that she never forgave herself for it Mm -hmm. and I think that informed why she always brought up that my dad did something Mm -hmm. and he's her son but he's done terrible things um and I think that's maybe she was like opening a comp like opening up something for me there every time I saw her to ask about that. And I just never did because I was like, oh, God, shut up, man. I don't want to fucking hear about this stupid man. I know all the bad things he's done. Yeah. And I just never got it. Right. But she – I don't know if she felt like she carried that with her. and Almost trying to find an ally in it. Yeah. Yeah. And – yeah, maybe I just or trying to expose it. Question you know? for sure. Who knows? For sure, she. Yeah. I think she threw something out there, and mm-hmm. I just never um, picked up what she was putting down. Right. Um, and yeah. So did you say that for me, or <laughs> <laughs> I said it because I was trying to be cool. You are cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think. I, because I had worried that she felt as though she needed to be forgiven for keeping the secret. Right, right. And I was full of empathy for her. Mm-hmm. I understood what it might have been like for her, or I could imagine anyway, what it might have been like for her sure. to feel obliged and coerced to keep a secret, which is a major family secret like this, mm-hmm. from the people that it affects the most. She kept it from me. She kept it from my sister, from my mum, from the people who would probably most, you know, deserve to know or Mm -hmm. should know. I mean, we didn't know about our Mm half-brothers for almost 30 years. That's Mm -hmm. 
pretty long time to keep a secret from somebody about She's their on the direct half sibling. End of that, keeping a secret for thirty years. Yes, and it just goes to show how the the reasons that people keep secrets are so complex, and it's not always out of um, hate. Right. Yeah, or being malicious. Right. Yeah, you wrote in your... You have to. In your little... In your um, stream of conscience, basically, that people keep secrets out of love, people keep secrets out of hate. Uh, It's complicated, Mm -hmm. which I found. I was like, whoa, people do. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. That's right. And this is definitely one of those scenarios. It's one of those, like, on a... Okay, on... From my... From me trying to understand keeping a secret like that for 30 years or what she might feel like by from not saying anything Mm -hmm. from not doing something about it I guess or who knows what she did along the way to Mm -hmm. do something about it you know who knows what she did that we will never know about or we'll never see or we'll you know um but (laughs) you know dumb things where imagine a situation where someone says something nasty to your girlfriend at a bar Mm -hmm. everyone's drinking you pull your girlfriend away you say let's go let's forget about it and the next morning you're like wish I just I could have told him Mm -hmm. this or that or the next it could have hit him in the face, yeah. you know? And this is those, that how angry it makes you in that moment that you didn't say something or you couldn't or you felt, mm. like, powerless. Whatever you're feeling, whichever type of way you are, on, like, a huge scale, mm-hmm. you know, affecting people's lives. Like, I can't imagine what that's like. That's the closest I can even come to wrap my mm-hmm. head around what she might have experienced. Mm. Yeah, I think she really carried this for so long. And she was, um, she, she, I mean, she still is. She was always a, a woman who held power and has a presence and is not somebody who's ever faded into the background. Right. She, until recently, she was able to kick her leg right up into the air and yes. she used to be a ballet dancer and all this stuff, like such a Quite performer. It. There would always be a poem and right. just to really... Um, How old is she now? Did I think don't... she's 96 now. Get off. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, so she definitely... And she was kind of a matriarch in a sense because she was the head of this um, family and everybody in the family looks up to her and always has. And so she does occupy a position which is a powerful powerful position and I say that in a positive way, mm-hmm. not like she ever wielded this net, this bad power, but yeah. she's someone everybody admired and still does. And still in this scenario I feel as though she was stripped of her power and like the dynamic shifted mm-hmm. um the boundaries in of this scenario shifted and so the son who is really at the crux of everything in the story anyway but he's the one who's wielding all the power here mm-hmm. and 
um, I wonder how that serves him in other ways too, because if he um, strips her of her, um, the possibility of her being an honest and open person mm. to her grandchildren and her daughter-in-law, yeah. it also strips her of the ability to have a relationship with some of her grandchildren Mm-hmm. It changes the course of her entire life, mm-hmm. this power that he wields. And it's remarkable, actually, the How? impact that has. How so? Like, because now she's making decisions around it? Well, she's had to. She's been forced, like, mm-hmm. her hand has been forced. Mm-hmm. And I'm certain she would have acted in a different way had mm-hmm. he not forced her. Yeah. Okay, so to because, keep these secrets. because also there's a there's because right now we're talking about him forcing her. Let's say mm-hmm. what we mean by that might not be, you know, physically or even maybe verbally, who knows? Like we're not necessarily saying that, but mm-hmm. the force is like making a decision on what might be best for those and not even best for those involved, but um you know, safe, yeah, maybe even best, just safest and mm-hmm. uh, happiest and she's whatever she's trying to prioritize in that moment because she loves you all, mm. you know, he's not, like, stood behind her, you know, with a knife going, don't mm-hmm. say it. Yeah. But it's more so she's making these choices, which... Yeah. We talk. We um, are going to talk about like later in this episode, where I hope to, where the reasons people keep these secrets out mm-hmm. of love. Mm-hmm. What are they prioritizing, mm-hmm. and um, why might you keep a secret out mm-hmm. of love? And yes, yeah. When do you want to versus exposing it? Or mm-hmm. because you did say that she was, um, in what you wrote in your stream of conscious, that. And she had later mentioned possibly waiting for the right time. Mm. Yeah. I think people do wait for the right time. I know that I, when I found out, I didn't want to tell my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah, maybe there will be the right time. Um, and I know my mom felt like that as well. Um, I think my, my, Grandma did try and create right times, right. but they were never picked up on. Right. And I mean, that's fine. I mean, of course you can't just think, okay, I'm just going to ask here. I'm going to dig away at what, what she's getting at because you just think you know exactly. Yeah. And of course I had no idea. Right. But yeah. yeah it reminds me of any freaking teenager who's like, ugh, they're so annoying. Why don't they this? And it's like, yeah. You can't even grasp what what that choice is being made upon. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Yeah, I had no idea, no appreciation whatsoever of what she might have been going through. I just yeah. thought, oh, she has no idea what I've been through. Yeah, exactly. And Definitely, it's we all think like that. Place for sure. of ego. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. Okay, so back to the timeline, essentially. Um, you've told her and then she was like 
yeah, fine, let's do this. Let's go. If, okay, so we had that kind of release, moment of release. Mm. We're not sure if we're going to say that in the podcast, but she mm-hmm. did have this moment of release where you're all crying. And then <clears throat> um, how did it go from that conversation to the wedding or wedding day? Um, on the wedding day, uh, everybody had been prepped. <laughs> with my pre-conversations but like not not everybody some no, not, I know. just like the core group of extended family I guess but not like your friend from university wasn't told no no no, no. just um uh just a couple of family members were told of course I told my mum mm. um and I had a good chat with my half-brother who was there and he brought his half-sister along as well, a different half-sister, obviously, um, who's a really lovely girl. And so he had somebody there. He had a plus one there. And it all went quite smoothly. Okay. Strangely enough. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody had the chance to have little conversations. I don't think any huge relationships were forged on that day that have, you know, resulted in unbreakable bonds or anything like Uh this. However, it was, I think people were nervous. I know that my half brother was a little bit nervous because he told me, Um, but really excited as well. I mean, this for him was the first time he was, excuse me, ever getting to meet his grandma. That's a really beautiful moment, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just think it's so impressive that it doesn't seem like either of your half-brothers had much of an ego that was bruised. They were just both so... It seems like from your story, they, they were just both so... Um, they were so excited to be a part of the family mm-hmm. and so excited that they had been kept away from. Like, I have, sometimes I have such an ego that it makes me shy because um, I'm too proud to, like, be exposed mm-hmm. or vulnerable in any way. But to show up and be like, hey, I was, mm-hmm. like, basically rejected by your dad mm-hmm. and I would like to be a part of this. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Th- which isn't the case they were just like oh like a you know or it seems like they were like yeah i'm excited i want to be there for you i love you um that's really impressive to me yeah it was that's exactly what um he was like when he was there he was um really chilled and yeah he was just happy to be there i think and i wouldn't say a part of the family as such but a part of the um, the happenings, a part of what yep. was going on. Yep. and um, In the know. Yeah, and an important part as well, mm. an invited part, mm-hmm. an acknowledged part, yep. a part that um, didn't say let's just forget everything and pretend that we're happy families, but it's like you're here and actually in my speech I called out a few people and thanked them for coming I had my two grandmas there. This one that we've been talking about in today's episode and also uh, my other one, my mum's mum, who fucking heckled me, by the way, during my speech. That's awesome. She yelled out, um, 
if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be here. Okay. And she also yelled out, um, <laughs> if I was 60 years younger, I would have a, a real go at your husband. <sighs> yeah. Why? Yeah, she she was... <laughs> Had a big crush on him, actually. Oh, have a go. Like, like she would, would she'd be take interested in, yeah. Oh, because I thought have a go, like, in the English terms where you yell at that person. Oh, no, no, no. Call them She's, out for shit. Um, what, what have did a she go on say? him. She wanted I a ride. I was six years younger. Um, oh, she, she used to say, if I was 60 years younger, um, I'd give you a run for your money. That, <laughs> yeah, just meaning that she would, like... Um, probably be um, um, beat me to him actually so yeah she heckled me several times during my speech oh my god this is my naughty is mom's that what mom, she though. was like Not or the... was she wasted because I love it no I don't think she was wasted I think she's just like this every day hell yeah <laughs> she's is she always hits on people yeah, yeah, yeah they're both are yeah what? they're both so badass I um, have no grandparents left yeah yeah, mine just live forever. <laughs> well, three of them to their mid-90s. Right. So. What? Yeah. Does that make you feel good? You're like, I'm gonna, I, me too. Well, I don't think I will, actually. No? No. Why? I think I've drunk too much and smoked too much <laughs> and partied too much. No to way. To deserve living into my 90s. Well, deserve is a different thing. <laughs> yeah, deserve is a different thing, but... There's like the woman who lived the longest or whatever she said her key was a little bit of whiskey every day oh or a God. guy. It was either one, but she's like, have a little bit of whiskey every day. I love that. That's such a good attitude to life. I know. Enjoy your life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If that's what you got out of it. See what I got out of it was <laughs> have whiskey every day. <laughs> There's no translation. We can do that too. Okay. So you're at the yeah. wedding and you're making this speech. Yeah. And I decided to acknowledge a few people um two of my very best friends were not able to be there so i acknowledged them i acknowledged of course so my grandma nice. that is what weddings are up <laughs> it's like i love you all and that's yes. why you're here because i love you and i love this person and i want to share my love for you and them on yeah. one day rather than just like look at me i've done it i've completed the task of mating <laughs> oh clap for me now yeah like was, your wedding is one big applause break yeah it was definitely about acknowledging those people that i love and so of course i Aww. acknowledged my two grandmas and thanked them for coming. Um, my mom and my stepdad, who gave the most amazing speeches. They're just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister. Um, oh, my God. Can I? We all quick. This is on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The side story. Can I tell you a really quick? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So this is um, like, okay, so my uncle did one of the best wedding stories I've ever um, heard in my entire life Mm -hmm. Um, and so my uncle is also my godfather and uh, he's incredible I hope he listens to the podcast because I love him and I want him to be proud of me Um, and he looks just like my dad and my dad is we know we've talked about him being like the legend and amazing and yada yada Um, my uncle is exactly the same and him and my his wife 
my aunt, um, she's the only other one in the family who's nicknamed Bird, mm-hmm. are both just incredible people. But they adopted both of their daughters, and they're my cousins. Um, I'm keeping their names out because I don't know if they want to be, you know, named or anything. But um, both of them were adopted. And my uncle at my cousin's wedding was giving a speech about his daughter. And he started the speech and he was like, I remember the day we went to the adoption agency mm-hmm. in a different country. I guess I'll just keep it anonymous as well. Who, who knows why? But he went to this agency in a, a different country across the world. Um, and he said he opened he walked into the room and he saw her and she had this she just looked at him and this big smile went across her face and he was like that's he said this moment of just like that's my daughter (gasps) and then he was like and i i know he's like (laughs) and he's like i took her home and she's my daughter and i love her you know and more than anything more than anything and he talks then he spoke for a while about all these like fun inside jokes and with her and growing up and how wonderful she is and she's brilliant my cousin is so freaking smart and then um and then he said and then one day she came home and she had a guy with her and something like um he said something to her and my uncle was watching and he said he saw the same smile go across her face and he knew that this was the guy for my daughter Aww. because it made her smile in the same way and i just was like oh, the smile Aww. came back honey how have you done this <laughs> just waterworks like the smile when i adopted and then the smile of like the passing on to the happiness and the joy of your new husband. It was so well done. Uncle, you have done. <laughs> Hats off to you. I don't know how you can beat that. Mm. Oh, it was so good. It was the best ever. It was That's water, beautiful. Water I love it. It killed me as well because he like rested it between the smiles. So mm-hmm. you, oh, what a magical moment. Wonderful. And we all forget about it. He talks about all these other fun things along the way. And then boom, this smile. And he's like, That's when I. He, like, surrendered, you know, the mm-hmm. worries of mm-hmm. her moving on with this man yeah. and making sure that... She, not, like, you know, in a giving her to him way as if we possess women via marriage, which is, <laughs> you know, outdated. Mm-hmm. It was more so just, like, he knew that she was... Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were in love and, mm-hmm. they were in, and she was going to be happy. That's right. He oh. was the one for her. It was so, so beautiful. It was so beautiful. It killed me. Yeah. It crushed me. It literally felt like someone punched me right in the face. Oh, my God. Um, because that's how I feel emotions. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But no. <laughs> oh, God. Isn't it interesting that, like, you cry when you're so sad and you mm. cry when you're so happy? Mm-hmm. What yeah. is crying? Yeah. Can we talk about crying in a bet- betwixty? Sure. Let's do a deep dive on crying. Okay. I mean, I love it. Let's make sure we've both got PMT at the time and somebody's breaking up with us and we can just cry. What's PMT? <laughs> uh, premenstrual tension. Oh, okay. PMS. PMS. Say? Yeah, we have PMS. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting my period every two weeks right now. Really? Yeah. What is that? Is something wrong with me? 
My broken? I'm Maybe the moon's it. broken. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The moon's broken and I'm the only one who knows. Following the... <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. That was a sidebar. So they did They did um, really great speeches at your wedding after you got heckled by your grandma. Yes. And so everything kind of worked. Like it was yes. a really great night. It was really successful. Mm-hmm. You were giving speeches to your friends that weren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love was in the air. Yeah. Love was in the air. I included in my speech uh, an acknowledgement of my brother who was there. And I said that I was really happy to have him in my life. And he was so surprised. He actually burst out with this kind of shocked laugh noise. in the. So I just think he was... um, really not expecting that what does shark's um, laugh noise sound like well i was gonna say guffaw but then i thought that's a fucking stupid word why would i say guffaw <laughs> but that's kind of what it was uh-huh. i couldn't think of a synonym for it uh, um it's great guffaw. yeah guffaw mm-hmm. yeah um were you was it on your mind the whole time or like the mm. whole your whole wedding you're like i wonder when something might erupt or were you watching to see if he would approach who he was did you have an eye on him the whole time or were you just doing no. your thing i was just doing my thing yeah at something at an event like that when i'm in the spotlight and there's been few of them not many at all mm-hmm. But I love having a birthday party and I love having a wedding. Um, note to my sexy fuckboy listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is your, what is your, my favorite thing in the world is when you <laughs> throw these curveballs. You're so soft spoken. Um, but, but when is your birthday? Um, the 2nd of April. <sighs> yeah, the day after April Fool's Day. Thanks, mum, for not giving birth yet. Did we miss it? Have I known you it's since fucking your Corona? Birthday? No, I think we met after that. After because yeah. you had yours in March, didn't yeah. you? And then mine was April. Yeah, it was just Corona, so everything okay. was ruined. So everything was lovely. Um, <laughs> did the speeches? Mhm. Yeah, that was it. I guess um, in oh. doing the speeches, mm-hmm. it was my first public, public. I mean, closed. Like there was fifty yeah. people there. But it was a public acknowledgement of um, one of my half-brothers in my life. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to do that, and I was happy about that. Um, I didn't see all of the interactions that he had or all of the interactions that my other family members had with him. But I know that um, some of them did have a really nice chat with him, and... Um, and I think it all went really well. There was a very fun and happy vibe at the whole evening. It wasn't a long wedding. It was like maybe four hours or something, the whole thing. Were you there for when um, your half-brother met your grandmother for the first time? No, I didn't see that. Oh, you missed it? Yeah, I missed it. You, were you told about it? No. But it, I know it all went fine. I know everything right. went fine, but I actually wasn't there for that exact conversation. Mm. I was there when my mum met him. Oh, wow. I and forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So she met him for the very first time. And I imagine the uh, resemblance factor would have been quite a, a shock for yeah. her. Yeah. Especially because she had 
I mean, I'm not... <laughs> in, to me, especially, because she has two girls. Mm-hmm. And you may or may not have some resemblance there, but you're a different gender. Um, and so to have that be... Mm-hmm. I mean, two boys. Yeah. And you said they both look quite a, a lot like mm. um, your dad. They really do, in particular, the older one who was the one at the, in, at the Melbourne wedding. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's striking, actually. It's a very strong what was that resemblance. Like between the two of them? Um, well, my mum's such a sweetheart and such a nice lady. And I think it was a bit of a um, awkward moment at first in the conversation. But my... Yeah. Um, half brother's half sister who was there as well with him is a very bubbly very friendly person and she was also there in that moment and so um the three of them had a bit of a chat I think I had facilitated that at that exact moment um because he brought his half sister mm-hmm. as yeah. his plus one yeah yeah that's adorable which yeah it was really nice He's yeah adorable. um and I have a really nice photo with them and with my sister as well. It's a really lovely photo of the four of us. Yeah, so that was really nice. And I think that having her there, um, having my half-brother's half-sister there was really nice because she um, is so friendly, so sweet, easy to chat to and kind of neutralised the situation a little mm-hmm. bit just by being that kind of a person and yep. being so friendly. Mm. And so I think that everybody relaxed pretty much straight away and were able to have a nice conversation. Uh, yeah. So I can't really imagine what that might have been like for my mum to see him and meet him and talk to him. Or for him to see my mum and talk to her. That must have been it must have been a shock because and just weird because he was always the one who had to keep quiet and who had to be the secret and who had to keep things under wraps and not be publicly acknowledged and all of these kind of things. And yeah. And thinking about his own mum and my mum and the differences in the relationships that they were able to have with, uh, with our shared father is yeah it's there's a lot going on there i think yeah what is that like i mean there's one thing to hear a secret Mm. and then there's another thing to see a human being Mm -hmm. that is the result of that secret Mm -hmm. is also the secret itself seeing someone like walk towards you and talk to you and Mm -hmm. looks like your ex-husband and Mm. it just is I cannot imagine what that out of body experience Mm. that must have been for your mom you know in all of the conversations that I had with people around this scenario to kind of prep them nobody said to me I'm not comfortable I don't want to do it. I'm not going to come to the wedding or I don't want you to invite blah to the wedding. Nobody said anything like that. And I don't think that anybody had that feeling either and just didn't feel comfortable in saying it to me and just put up with it. I think people genuinely were all okay with it. And 
was also really quite heartening and reassuring actually yeah. that we all in our own ways were towards openness and honesty and getting on with the reality of our lives and this was going to be a moment where something would unfold, Mm -hmm. would be unraveled Mm -hmm. with this particular family secret scenario that we all found ourselves in. And I had, um, it was like a move on a chessboard, really. I Mm -hmm. did a move here to orchestrate something in a way, but it, it went fine. Mm -hmm. It actually was fine. And I think it, it goes to show that you can have, uh, you can reveal secrets, you can talk about them, you can um, move towards opening and openness and honesty, even if it's difficult and even if you don't become instant best friends, instant have a cup of tea every Sunday. Like you don't have to forge a perfect relationship and have this tearful joyful reunion yeah you can just meet each other acknowledge each other and get on with your lives and that's okay wow. as well yeah and I, I think for us all that was pretty much our reality wow. and I think depending on the nature of this the family secret it can be really traumatic mm-hmm. for these uh for people to meet each other and be faced with each other. And it could be really terrible. Mm -hmm. It could also be amazing. And, you know, you meet your long lost whoever, and it's your soulmate and off you go into the sunset together Mm -hmm. with this wonderful father or this wonderful brother or this wonderful whoever. But also it's just like normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Off you go into the sunset. Yeah. You and people who ride off into the sunset, y'all can go that way. (laughs) We're going to stay here. Off you go. (laughs) Anyone who wants to ride into the sunset, I invite yeah. you to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's really interesting because it makes me think of like you know TV shows and stuff that um, they're always like, "Are you right? Do you want to meet your brother?" And then they walk in and they both start crying and hugging, like big hugs. It's so cool to hear from somebody. Uh, it's so interesting to hear from somebody who experienced it firsthand that. Sometimes, you know, the truth is stranger than fiction. Mm -hmm. And um, you said, hi, how are you? All right. Yes. You move on. That's right. The the way that we all took it Mm -hmm. was very much like that. Yeah. Um, And the wedding was a particular moment where all of the players in the game happened to be there. And, you know, something happened that day. But um, it doesn't belie the fact that the impact on everybody involved is really major as well and it does transform how you think about yourself and yeah. family and all of these other things that we've been talking about throughout the the episode so far in the podcast so yeah I do just want to say that but yeah it just goes to show that sometimes you can just have a just a regular experience of yeah. your your life and family and yeah yeah so this was and this was wedding one, mm-hmm. and then there was wedding two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was your other brother at wedding two? Yes. Yes, the younger of the two half-brothers, he was at wedding two, which mm-hmm. was in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were already married. I was married to my partner. French. Yeah. 
yeah, so we got married in Paris again, um, or at least, well, it wasn't an official thing. We just had a ceremony. Yeah. Mm. And I gave my speech in French. Very, very shitty French. (laughs) I assure you. Um, I don't think anybody could understand me. I was quite shy and I didn't have a microphone. Oh my gosh. But to do that is so cool. I think they were like, okay. Especially if I've heard French people trying. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they appreciated the fact that I gave it a whirl, but it was, it was terrible. That's so cool that you did that. And Um, also, did you write it yourself or did he help you write it? I wrote it and I worked with a tutor for about six weeks to help me put it into really good French and to learn it. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it was really, oh, how nice of you to I had do. a really nice um, little tutor in Melbourne and Charles. Everybody <laughs> except Americans are really good at languages and always say when they are what an American would consider excellent at a language, they're very shitty at a language. <laughs> Like any European or anywhere, they say, "Oh, I'm so bad at French," but they'll 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 say to me in English, "I'm so terrible at English. I literally haven't studied English since I was in high school, and it's taken me. I haven't you know I haven't even spoken it in a long time. Blah blah." blah. And I'm, the whole time they're talking, I'm like, "I'm sorry, this is perfect English. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so so bad, and I'm like, I don't go." Yeah. I thought you were native until you said you were bad at it. But yeah, you're actually fluent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you um, did your speech in French. Yeah, I did my speech in French and um it was it was heaps of fun. It was a really good party there. So yeah, really nice. Um and my ex's um grandparents were there. So that was really beautiful too and they were able to attend that one, but my uh, yeah, my other half brother was there. Were any of your family members there that yes. hadn't met? Yes, my mum and my stepdad came all the way from Melbourne. Oh, yep, and they were there, so they were the only so your family members met both. Mm-hmm. at both weddings. At both weddings, <laughs> my well, poor mum. Chances <laughs> that there are two brothers and then two weddings. And then, you know, it, it made more sense for one brother to go to the Paris one because it's closer to where he was living at the time. Yeah. And your other brother was is still living in Melbourne. And it's like, what are the chances that, yeah. you know, of all that to come together on top of this ridiculous, you know, this like insane situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite a coincidence. So, yeah, it was really nice to have uh, to have everybody there. Um, the speech was quite different though. I mean, in Melbourne, I was kind of the, I just sort of emceed my own wedding as well because <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I got this. I am <laughs> on stage. Um, no, I don't keep the present <laughs> because it's my microphone. How did you know? <laughs> this is not a microphone. It's my microphone. Can everyone hear me okay? <laughs> Yes, exactly. You were I'm there. The MC. Does anyone know what that stands for? <laughs> oh my god, it was literally like that. Of course, I didn't have the balls to do that in French or in <laughs> France, and so yeah, I didn't. But um, my ex actually did it and did a wonderful job, I think. So um, 
yeah, it was different. I didn't um, acknowledge my other younger half-brother in the same way because I wasn't going on and on and giving all of these speeches and doing all of that stuff. But um, he, yeah, he was there um, and also had a plus one and it was really, really wonderful to be able to hang out with him and to have him there. And um, there's also um, a really beautiful photo right at the end I think I'd changed dresses because I had like some short white dress as well with me, which was just like, I don't know, 40 bucks from ASOS or something. And halfway through the wedding, I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just putting this on. I'm a bit uncomfortable in the proper dress. Um, nobody seemed to notice or if they did, they must have thought, oh, yes, we. Oui, it's just part of the occasion, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there's a photo, a really nice photo of me and my younger half brother, um, like holding my fancy dress and like, I'm wearing a cardigan and I just kind of given up on the whole thing towards (laughs) the end of it. Um, and it's just a really lovely photo of us. And in fact, I think it's the only photo of us. Oh, really? So yeah, it's a really nice one. Yeah. So we will check on that. Can we mm, do that one? Check on it. <laughs> yeah, let's check on it. Let's check on it. Yeah, let's check on right, it. We'll yeah, ask. it's also on my own personal Instagram. Yeah. Um, as I, I feel like as far as time goes, yeah, we've covered the first two steps of unraveling, mm-hmm. and then I feel like we could do a whole nother episode on more unraveling for more of the broader questions that we have, yeah. that I have, that we want to talk about with this, like how do you adjust the idea of family and your family and is blood thicker than water and you censoring your family tree? Yes. And what I said, we would talk about before where people keep, why do people keep secrets? I know we've talked about this a little bit out of love and out of hate and it is quite complicated, but I also wanted to ask you advice for people who have secrets, like Mm -hmm. what some of your advice would be like, when is a good time or is there a good time or how to judge that? Like, on the other side of things, so for listeners, um, and all that stuff that is more of the unraveling. Mm-hmm. Yes, but for sure. maybe we record a second part of this. Yeah, I think so too. And I think something that you picked up on earlier in in sharing some of your own family story around um, um, adoption, mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting issue that um, we could pick up on in a betwixtie, mm-hmm. um, particularly around transnational adoption yep. and the the ways that um, having the global and multi-country or two-country factor adds so much around complexity when yeah. it comes to um, finding your birth parents and things like that. I think this is a betwixtie. And also forgetting the because your grandmother kind of forgetting i think could also we could do a deep dive into that which is yep. um what that means or what that translates mm-hmm. or yes yeah because yep. there's a lot there mm-hmm. about silences mm-hmm. and the unspoken rules in a family yep. and to tell and not to tell and when and all of these things yeah yeah so we'll do it. We'll do a second parter of this that is an unraveling. Yeah, and then we'll take these concepts that we've kind of yeah. pulled from these and do a couple of betwixties. We'll do a betwixie yeah. on crying. We'll do a betwixie on 
um, for getting, and we'll do a Batuxi on um, transnational adoption. Yeah. So people keep secrets out of love and malicious and malicious intent. Yes. Or for personal gain or whatever it may be. People keep secrets. And because I know I've had a lot of friends who have been listening to this podcast now. And it stirs up some stuff that you don't realize Mm -hmm. has some gravity behind it on the spectrum of what a secret is. And so they've been saying to me, like well, when do you talk about certain things or don't or things like that? And, like, any advice for telling people secrets? Um, Even, I think I talked about it in a Betwixie or an earlier episode. Mm. I had to tell my parents that I was getting an abortion or Mm -hmm. having an abortion. And I didn't even think about how I was going to tell them. Mm -hmm. I just went to them and did it. I, I actually didn't even think about it, but... Unlike me, people give these things some thought and mm-hmm. consideration for the other end. Do you have any advice from your findings that you would give to people? Mm, yes. I think the the telling of family secrets or the sharing of a secret with somebody else in your family is a very fraught issue and it causes people a lot of pain and a lot of problems. People wrestle with it and it's so difficult um, to tell at all. I mean, when to tell, who to tell, why, in what way, what might the impacts be. Mm -hmm. You can't untell Mm -hmm. once you've told, you have to get it right. Or at least all of the people that I spoke to in my um, PhD research were in a position where they needed to tell because even if other people know in your family, you still need to kind of reveal to others and you need to find a way to do this. And I have put together um, a resource on exactly this, which comes directly out of the things that my participants in my research have told me. So that's on my website and we can provide a link to that. It's um, some of the ways that people have said that I can recall now is I had one person who was adopted and everybody else in their family kept this as a secret. There was a web of deceit and lies. It wasn't just like, let's, you know, not tell them. Right. It was so they it tricked up other lies because it yeah. was like, oh, okay, I have to justify this. I have to rationalize this. Yeah. yeah, it was everybody else around this one person who kept lies for decades. Wow. And this person, when Is I said to them. Is this also on your website? Uh, no. Okay. Not, not this story specifically. Okay. Um, but this person said to me, when I said to them, how should you tell others about family secrets? And the person said to me, you should do it gently and with dignity and with grace. And I thought that's perfect advice for life. Of course it is. But how to do that? How I am oftentimes when it comes to dignity or grace, I am the elephant in a China shop. (laughs) Like, oh my God, can you say China shop anymore? 
Oh, yeah, it not. means China like porcelain. Yeah. Yeah. But is it rude to say porcelain like China ware? Like no. China. No, no, no. That's that's fine. Okay, wait, can I go back? Yeah. All right. When it comes to <laughs> dignity and grace, I'm like an elephant in um uh, in of well, I was trying to think of a funny joke. I was trying to think of a, a really funny, like, a really expensive clothing store. Oh, yeah. That would be more sassy. Anyway, okay, I'm going to start over. Mm. When it comes to dignity and grace, <laughs> I'm like an elephant in any human store. <laughs> because that would be absurd. <laughs> I think it's a bull. Actually, sure, bull, bull, yeah. yeah, bull in any store, yeah, absolutely. I mean, an angry bull because actually, what we do that to bulls—they're not naturally that like chargy. It's just because they're yeah. drained and poked and probed and etc. So yeah. I'm an angry bull. This is the most woke I've tried to be in a sentence <laughs> anyway that's not true <laughs> what is um, happening <laughs> i don't know no, I'm, I'm i'm not good at dignity or grace <laughs> it's really fix that it's a really tricky one i think the the key is to think about it really really carefully do um, try and sit the person down in person if mm-hmm. you possibly can. Yeah. Um, and if not, then, uh, you know, make sure that the person has time. Approach it really gently. Ask what they might know. Um, be willing to accept any kind of reaction. People could be shocked. People Great. could say, fuck off. People could say, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. The the weight of what you're about to say with the family secret or maybe another kind of secret too it can't be underestimated because the person might actually never talk to you again yeah or your relationship might never be stronger you might create a bond by sharing this information together and sometimes you just don't quite know how people will react people of different generations maybe will react in a different way i can imagine telling my grandma something um and the taboos and stigma stigmas that her generation has dealt with is so different to me telling one of my you know 30 year old friends or something like this so think about that person and their context and what they know in their life um and don't rush i think that's a really important one um make sure you have facts before you go to um a person that you're telling AKA for me, sleep on it. Right. Because a lot of my facts get skewed by my emotions when I, when situations like this come up for Mm -hmm. me. I think no matter who you are or where you are in in a position in terms of the secret, there'll be emotions. This Mm -hmm. is real life, big life stuff. It's very, can be quite profound and quite fundamental so it's worth taking time don't post stuff on social media don't just don't fucking do it do not do it okay that is just got to be a no 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 because 
the audience is so public. It's not fair. We, I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous to be so enthusiastic about that point. But no, I'm we smiling just because I think stuff. that's the most Australian accent that I've <laughs> heard. I don't know. It was so stark in that moment, but it was... Um, don't share it on uh, social no, media. No, no. It's got to be a no, no, no. <laughs> it's got to be a no, no, no. <laughs> I've never seen that before from you. Might be the Prosecco. Oh, my God. But, the but it is fantastic. I, that that there's because I was going to ask you at the very beginning, but you were on a roll with advice, so I didn't want to stop you. But at the very beginning, you were saying in person, yeah. And I was going to say, what are the benefits of being in person versus not? Because nowadays, for me, I somewhat want to be broken up with <laughs> over the phone because then yeah. I can just hang up on you, cry, 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 and I don't have to. I feel like my my dignity is saved a bit because I'm like. Good, yeah. You know, I do think you owe that person a, a live conversation, not a, not a text or anything like that. And it definitely depends on the relationship. My ex and I broke up over the phone after four years, but that's mm-hmm. because we were in different countries and it came to a point where we couldn't mm-hmm. go another day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the benefits of being in person are what, do you think? I think because you can really judge how the person is reacting and you Mm. can be there for them Mm. if they really need a hug yeah because they you just found out that um your dad isn't your biological dad and you're sitting with your brother Mm -hmm. and you've just told him hey bro Mm -hmm. our dad is actually some other guy yeah like you can yeah be there for that person in that moment um yeah because i did when i got broken when we broke up over the phone I did immediately hang up and I was shaking and immediately picked up the phone to what was a phone call hug to my sisters saying this just happened. Although I would love at some point, and I know this is down the line, uh, betwixtie on hugs and hugging Mm -hmm. because I hate hugging. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) I just can't. Really? Yeah. I hug Biddy and Pat even though I know they don't like it and they put up with it. I could not hate hugs more. I hate them. I genuinely, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a hug. I don't think I've ever enjoyed one single fucking hug. I've been madly in love. I love my dad. I love my sisters. I love my nibblings. Uh, I Actually, maybe I love the hugs for my nibblings. Those are the only yeah. hugs I love. Yeah. But it's just because it's little tiny arms. I don't think I'm going to love hugging my 18-year-old nibbling. Sometimes a hug, or at least a cuddle, can be as trance-like as a kiss, though, I think, if you're with a romantic partner. They're two different things, though. A cuddle and a hug hug. are different. Mm. A hug, I hate. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. All right. The Twixie. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so in person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. You so, can be there for them. Yes, and I think your point about people being in different places is a really good one. And of course, we can't just always be in the room with somebody. Yeah. So many people reach out to other family members via social media or through a DNA test website or something like this because it's the only thing they have. It's yeah. the only way you can reach out to somebody and make contact and explain the situation and kind of test out the waters and say, I found this. Would you like to have a conversation and opening up that opportunity for people to, um, 
have a little bit of the information now and then have a think about it, consider it, and then come to you with more and maybe right. set up a phone call, I think is a really good idea. Okay. So I've got um, a whole um, set of guidance and advice which has come out of my research, mm. um, which you can find on my website and we'll put a link to that. Okay. Um, and there's also some really amazing resources created which are available through Severance Mag, which is a really great resource yes. we've linked to in the we past. And we have mentioned them on Instagram, yep. Yep. Um, oh, and there's and another Twitter. one. Yes. Um, there's another one. Um, there's a really amazing um, genetic genealogist who is a kind of a counsellor genealogist um, and DNA expert mm -hmm. who is very much operating in this world of reproductive family secrets. Um, and her name is Brianna and she offers a lot of support to people and she has also developed some guidance and is this one-on-one -on -one support that you would have to buy or is this like um, public information from Brianna that's right she actually does both she you can mm. hire her as mm -hmm. your own counselor if yeah. you have been through something like this but also she has a lot of resources and very 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 sensible practical information yeah. um on how to approach this kind of thing on her website so we can link to that as well so there's a lot of support out there and i think there's also a lot of acknowledgement that this is extremely difficult it's yeah. very sensitive it's very personal yeah. and um it's it's difficult life stuff so yeah yeah I'm in the era of mentors for myself personally, because I think for a long time, which is so dumb of me, I was resisting any kind of like mentor um, in any, on, on the spectrum of what that can mean or in any sense because, or any aspect of my life, because I thought if I needed a mentor, then that meant I wasn't like talented or capable or whatever, like I needed to learn. But now uh, that I've turned 30, which isn't tied to the age at all, it just happens to be. Like, I think if I was still with my ex, I wouldn't have this realization because I'd still be still caught up in the shit show that was our relationship. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but having this, this, like, time alone and mm. stuff, um, it's been like, oh, you have mentors because you have so many blind spots you can't think about it all unless maybe you experience it and it was a blind spot for them as well but then you can pass that information on it's basic principles of evolution where we teach the next generation so mm -hmm. they can start from there and then use your talents and your capabilities to grow past that mm -hmm. and that's what a mentor is and that's what i think about when people ask me like should i go through therapy should i get help from this person should i read this resource mm -hmm. should i reach out in any way because we're so tr like conditioned to kind of um figure it out yourself i mm -hmm. guess my generation is figure it out yourself kind of um and then um yeah now we're saying like yeah go to therapy and, and and reach out to people and talk to them and ask them about their experiences mm -hmm. and things like that which is also why we're doing this podcast because it's a great like you've experienced this here is this knowledge here are the blind spots mm. go forth and build yes. upon it for sure i think a mentor can really open up a lot of pathways and sometimes yeah. you just can't see those but they've mm -hmm. been down there before yeah. down yeah. a whole lot of different ones and 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very valuable. Yeah. Um, so check out Brianna's stuff, and mm-hmm. we'll put up the link to your website mm-hmm. for advice. And if you want to reach out to Katie herself, please do. Mm-hmm. You can at um, no, info at thesecreteffect.com is our uh, email. If you have any per- questions for Katie uh, or um, myself, Biddy, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can also follow us at The Secret Effect on Instagram and Twitter. And those are the only ways that you can reach out to us. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, next episode we'll, we'll do a second chapter of unraveling. Mm-hmm. Um, on a macro level, I'd mm-hmm. say. We have a lot of like macro sociology questions tied mm-hmm. to the unraveling, um, which is also the second part of our title, The Secret Effect, The Effect Itself. And... Um, we'll do it. We have awesome betwixty ideas, mm-hmm. which I'm excited to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Crying, hugging. Yeah. All the feels. All of them. All the feels. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had transnational adoption and we had something mm-hmm. else as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway. Forgetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> it works. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that was um, episode four of uh, episode five of The Secret Effect. <laughs> the Secret Effect is produced by Patrick Collins with music by Sasha Hudemacher and your hosts, Biddy Kemry and Katie Greenland. <laughs>